Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast. This is episode 34, and I'm talking to Gork, Region Concussion Clinic. And four members of the team are with me on the phone or on Skype. So I'll let them now describe their clinic and their new podcast. So let's go you first here. So my name is Taher Chug. I'm the sports doctor at the York Region Concussion Clinic. And um, Caitlin was Caitlin and Ricky Ma were the first people in the program with me. Uh, Caitlin is our occupational therapist. I'll let her introduce herself. I'm Caitlin Hano. I'm the occupational therapist on the team, and I'll pass it on to the other team members. Hi, I'm Donna Chad. I'm the physiotherapist on the team. And I'm Mona Ubi. I'm the optometrist. She's the GP that we have to help coordinate things. And um, Ricky, Ma. Ricky Ma, he's missing. He's working across the street right now. Uh, John Wong, the audiologist. Uh, Ruben Dos Santos, our administrative uh, person. And uh, Mo uh, Garshasp, and that is uh, our physiotherapy assistant. Okay, well, that's... Let's see what I that's a lot more people than I have working with me. So, uh, um, now, uh, so you guys have decided to do a podcast, and I'm trying to get my sound is all messed up here. But uh, you talk about your, your decision to do a podcast and what you're hoping to get out of your podcast, and and frankly, your clinic in general. So, what is your situation first? What is your clinic focused on? Well, I know obviously concussions, but what are your outpatient clinic? And uh, I'll get, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Um, just what? I'll let you. Oh, I'll let you get. Was I get the mic closer? Okay. Good. Good, sir. Go ahead, sir. All right. So, um, before we did this program, uh, we used to see a lot of concussions in family practice and in the walking clinic and urgent care. 
Uh, however, uh, a lot of people wouldn't get the care they needed. And it became apparent to me that they needed multidisciplinary care. So they needed an OT, all the members that we have in our team, and even more, in fact. Um, and so we started uh, attending workshops and conferences, trying to get more knowledge, more education, uh, doing lots of reading. Um, all of us cumulatively drawn a lot of clinical experience, so that really uh, stood us in good stead. But um, it's been a, lo- a learning process for about four or five years now, uh, in addition to our clinical backgrounds. And our whole once you got into once we got into it, and we started like getting familiar with the workings of the brain and um, psychological illness. It's very fascinating and it it sucks you in and it gets you deeper and deeper in. And you realize that a lot of conditions that doctors see on a regular basis are actually these conditions. They don't always have to be in concussions. And, um, And so it was very encouraging and this is why we continue now to grow in this area. Um, right now in our program, we serve a niche that is not currently being satisfied in our region. Uh, there are a few people uh, helping out and on the same side, but there's just not enough of us. And so our goal with this podcast is one to, to help all of the people who need the help. So other healthcare practitioners and patients alike um, to and not even just in this country, but internationally to get the, the education they need about concussions and brain injuries. And we're committed to add, we have three out there now, we're committed to add 11 more uh, this year, and then we're gonna continue next year. So as we learn more, as we have more experience, uh, we're gonna share that with everyone. And uh, we're hoping that it'll demystify the illness, because for a lot of people, it's that mystery of not knowing what's going on with them, and if there's a light at the end of the tunnel, that's the most disconcerting part. And it's a great forum for education for concussion because a lot of our patients do have visual deficits, have difficulty reading, and I guess even accumulating all their own information. So I think having it all together on a podcast that they can listen to, it's a clever way of knowledge dissemination. And we started off actually with a handbook for patients, and then we did a website. But the problem is a lot of people with this injury don't really like reading too much. It causes them symptoms. And so it was Dr. Boulanger's idea to say, we should just do a podcast so people can just listen. And uh, and so that's when it all started. Bert? Nope. Sorry, did you, did you want to add something? I feel like the two of them summed it up perfectly, to be quite honest. Yep. Okay, great. Sorry, this is a tough one. But the way the reason that the, uh, the audio is a messed up, a bit weird piece because... I'm trying to get this audio off my iPad to my computer, and it's difficult. Anyway, uh, that's why my my thought process is a bit messed up too. I think. Um, now I'm speaking really loudly according to this. Anyway, um. Nah, no, because I'm never gonna forget this. Whoa, geez, that was loud. I think. Anyway, um, I'm never. I guess I'll just speak slower. That's why I'm too excited there. I guess me. I don't know. What, anyway, I'll. I'll figure it out eventually, or it won't. We'll we'll see. But uh, this podcast will go out, go out, it'll go out either way. But um, I want to ask you guys. Also, there's only four of you here: Dear, Kaylin, Donna, and Mona. So why do you? That's for stick with first names. So that's easy. 
<laughs> why did what what gave you why are you so interested in concussions specifically? And I will ask uh well whoever wants to start can start but I'll give you an audibin with the mic in your mind, the machine. Well, actually, I think I know. I think we know why, why I'm excited about it and interested. But I'm actually interested yeah. to hear why Mona's interested in concussions. So I actually started um, seeing concussion patients during my residency in 2016. Um, I did a residency at Nova Southeastern University in Florida. Um, so I started seeing concussion patients once a week, um, and it was my mentor, Servi Bonsal, who really enlightened that that passion in me um coming back i realized that there there was really a huge deficit here and i landed in a clinic in barry uh where i was able to start servicing people with concussions in an area that was under service for sure in that um at least in barry for sure um from there i was um Actually, it was Dr. Chug who reached out to me and brought me onto the team here. But the biggest passion for me is really seeing the, the amount of difference I can make for these people when after an injury I can see the difficulties they're having in spatial awareness, just busy, crowded environments. It's almost like they lose their entire quality of life. So being able to help them kind of get back into life again that's really why i do it great great okay and we're back with donna hi so yes i was saying that um concussion is actually a very new field to me i was actually um dr chuck was just saying that i was actually sucked in but i was saying that um in my previous clinics um i would be dealing with say like um people with um mva or like sports injury and then from my previous clinic I guess it's not as multidisciplinary so sometimes I'll be treating patients and I'll just be treating their neck and they'll never seem to get better with their other symptoms like sometimes they'll be getting like headaches and um, dizziness and those are things that I feel like I was addressing but I really couldn't get to the core of the problem and it wasn't until after I joined your concussion that I learned that there, it, there's so much involved in a concussion and if I were just to treat a neck and musculoskeletal um as just in a musculoskeletal injury, I would never be able to get to the base of all the symptoms. You know, Nick, like I feel like a lot of people are shy about getting into treating this injury yeah. because you can feel out of your element because there's so many systems that are affected. So one's sense of self is affected. Their brain overreacts to things that are mundane, that they're exposed to every day and they, they used to take for granted, but now they can no longer take it for granted. Things like just being able to focus on something that comes closer to you or being able to pick something out of a crowd or go to a grocery store, uh, keep your balance as you're walking down the steps, um, uh, go to sleep at the right time without neck pain that's keeping you awake, uh, not have a headache all the time. And so when you get like a physiotherapist who has to treat an injury that covers so many different um, systems, it can be very intimidating, especially when they have so many other things they can do that's less challenging and just and it, and it, it remunerates the same amount. And so this is why I, I, I told Donna she was kind of sucked in because I was telling her that don't worry, you have the support of me, Caitlin, Mona, Ricky, uh, all of us, and together we can get the job done. 
And uh, Donna has been uh, one of the best additions to our team. She's definitely the nicest on the team, unanimously voted, <laughs> voted by all the patients. And uh, she handles most of our somatosensory type training. Uh, she handles all our vision therapy, and uh, along with Dr. Ubi and under her guidance, and also um, uh, understands the vestibular implications and how it yeah. factors everything. So she's being very modest, but uh, our team gave her the confidence and the courage to do it, and then she's one of our star players. Definitely never thought I'll be getting into all these different types of fields, where it's like I'll be doing vision therapy and like doing a lot more somatosensory training that I would never thought I would be doing. We just want her to work a few more days with us. <laughs> Which is giving us, what, three days now? Two? But you Soon. said you're going to give three. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> because the patients are asking. They need the help. And uh, it's as Donna has said, it's very rewarding work. Um, but I, I think I'll turn it over to Caitlin. Because she's kind of like the the main, the, the, the person that patients see the most in our program. It, it, it definitely depends on the patient. Uh, it depends on what they need. But for sure, at the beginning of the injury, I think I have a pretty important role to play. I got into it in a little bit more of a structured way than most people did. Um, during my my occupational therapy, my master's program, I did a clinical placement at Holland Bloorview. They have a concussion program there for kids that's amazing. And I realized how much of an impact occupational therapy and just even healthcare in general treatment can have for individuals with concussions. So that's when I really got interested in it. And then timing worked out. I was lucky and saw this job application and went for it. But more than that, too, I have, um, I've had a personal experience when I was younger, too, with concussions. So that's something that always, you know, spurred that interest. And, you know, of course, caring for the patients and seeing how interesting the injuries are because there's such a, such a diverse profile of symptoms and like everyone else was explaining too, right? It's so it's so variable and everyone has their, I guess, unique profile of deficits and no no one person with a concussion is the same as another. So it, it makes it interesting. Now, like we all kind of uh, support each other and there's a lot of overlap between all our roles, but um, Caitlin uh, is in charge or implements certain things in our program that are very successful. So for example, she implements our cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. And our success rate in that is close to 100%. And that is, no, it's true. I'm, she's being modest, but for, it's for true. For the people that listen, not, not everyone decides to follow the No, I, feel, I honestly feel some people just say, yeah, their sleep is better because they don't want to follow these rules anymore. But um, the success rate is very high and it's without medication. And what people end up saying is that we feel very empowered by learning about our sleep and cognitions around our sleep that in the future, if something were to arise where, where our sleep was affected, we feel like we have the knowledge and the know-how now to get our sleep back on track. So it's, it's more than just fixing the problem. It's investing in their education so they can help themselves in the future on, in an ongoing fashion. Another thing that Caitlin uh, implements is biofeedback. So uh, biofeedback involves using technology to gather information about one's autonomic nervous system. And uh, as you may know, uh, with this injury, there's a lot of autonomic nervous system dysfunction that presents itself in many ways and many different symptoms. And so she will help people uh, become mindful of the things that are kind of thrown awry. And she will give them strategies on how to fix that. Uh, through different relaxation techniques, different uh, 
um, mindfulness techniques. And it's been a very empowering thing for patients to know that they do have influence of something that they otherwise thought was automatic. Uh, something that they can do without medication and something that they can do if they're on a bus and they're starting to feel some symptoms. They can uh, practice uh, something like warming their fingertips. And that, uh, that visualization, or some people don't use visualization to achieve that, but whatever method they find is useful to achieve that, it will end up helping them with some of their symptoms. And it's that neurological process that is specifically it's inhibiting the sympathetic nervous system in that uh, exercise Uh, it can help them with many of their symptoms and so she implements that Uh, she also implements uh, energy management strategies which is a huge part of this injury so there's a lot of fatigue involved and she gives people uh, she she makes a sea of of confusion uh, seem orderly and 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 uh, conquerable and finally uh, she also um, helps people with cognitive problems. So, for instance, she will give them, st- and that was her background. So, she'll give them strategies on how to um, compensate for some of the cognitive deficiencies, and then she'll give them real-life uh, rehab scenarios where they can help test some of those abilities in attention and problem-solving, executive functioning. Um, is there? And I think there's even more you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, she's being modest, but that's why I'm saying. Most patients will see her more than anyone else because it's all that in-between stuff, that scut work that she helps people with and gives them order. Um, she was also involved in, all of us were involved, but uh, a lot of it was her, implementing exercise journals uh, online where people, because we found that a lot of people found it very hard to comply with the recommendations because there's just so much involved, so many systems, so many team members, so many recommendations. So she would help them organize it on a journal online and they would enter their exercises in real time online and we would review it online and, uh, and then we would give them feedback and help them, um, uh, help, them imp- help them advance their program or sometimes it was over ambitious and we would scale it back a bit so that we could find that happy medium that would uh, support them um, to advance at the most efficient rate. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, okay. Um, I was I was nodding and stuff more to the yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, nod stuff, but this stupid Mike is being annoying. Anyway, now I'm speaking to Lali again. Uh, but anyway, this is part of the fun of podcasting, I guess. Uh, you never know what you're going to get here. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so it's just freaking me that you threw four right there because, first of all, it just. Because one of my major issues was, I've, I, was like, is that I've had double vision since my brain drain in 2003. And I know that's affected my. Walking and all that, and all that, and uh, concentration. So, uh, I if you talk about, like, oh, because he done is now. <laughs> sorry, Mona. Sorry, name's confused. Mona is, <laughs> Mona is, <laughs> Mona is now up front here, but uh, oh, gee, I'm talking way too loud now. Um, anyway, uh, so me out my double vision and nose that's affected my, my balance because my balance is off, and I'm using. Yoga to actually help me with mindfulness, to help me with that. A lot too have been for a while now. Yoga and Pilates and mindfulness. And uh, yeah, so if you could all talk about, and actually, Kaylin, uh, sleep. My sleep has been, was not, has been, it's been great lately, but earlier, like when in, say, oh, say five years to up to maybe 10 years since my brain injury. It was it was pretty bad, but uh, my sleep wasn't good, and my, my again my double, double vision and hence balance were off. So I wonder if you could talk about double vision, and how that affects basically all that stuff and sleep, and how that affects everything everything done or done or <laughs> everything done or did. So so double vision and sleep and uh, balance. So vestibular, ocular, and whatever the circadian rhythm. So uh, if you could just talk about talk about that for a part up for a few seconds. I'll start um, with some vision. So mostly what I find tends to be affected um, when the visual system is involved. There's usually a lot of headaches, um, nausea. Sometimes there can be uh, some dizziness. Um, a lot of feeling not grounded or feeling off is what I hear from a lot of patients. Yeah. Uh, double vision tends to be something that's quite common as well. And 
there's different aspects to double vision. So double vision can be something that's there all the time. It can be there just sometimes. It can be there only far away. It can be there only close up or pretty much all ranges, right? So um, there's to, to really know what's causing the double vision, uh, the most important thing is doing what's called a binocular vision evaluation. So really looking at the visual systems of how the eyes are working together, how they're focusing, how they're tracking. Um, and I'll give a, a clear cut picture of exactly why that double vision is, is occurring. Um, from there, treatment wise, Sometimes I'll use prism just as almost like a crutch until I can use vision therapy as a way to really teach that system how to work the way it's supposed to, um, to help teach the eyes how to work better together, to focus together, to track together, um, to really help with the efficiency of that system ultimately. All good. this thing over <laughs> Great. Oh, yeah, not for double vision. So, um, a lot of binocular vision specialists deal with congenital type problems. And uh, the added challenge in brain injuries is that um, many other systems are affected at the same time. Yeah. And so, like, for a lot of congenital uh, people, they might not have the same uh, imbalances that concussion people have. So we've all seen that sometimes people are not quite ready for vision therapy. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they have to relearn some of the things they learned when they were two years old in terms of uh, somatosensory system. Uh, you know, around four to six years old, there's a lot of uh, reintegration of the sensory weighting where people start moving away from vision as the, the main sense uh, that guides postural control. They start moving towards somatosensory and vestibular senses because one, they're faster, and two, um, gravity doesn't change, but our visual environment does change, so they are more reliable. And so intuitively we develop that, but what happens is in concussion is a lot of people have these binocular vision problems, but they also now have vestibular problems or somatosensory problems. Like for instance, there are studies showing that even an NCAA athlete, so athletes that are very highly trained after they've had a concussion and then had that concussion rehabilitated, they still have a two times higher incidence of lower extremity injuries, for example. So it shows that, you know, the injury uh, leaves a legacy at times. And some, maybe we just have to be a little bit more aggressive in finding these deficiencies and helping them out uh, because the visual system will develop in the context of the body, obviously, our somatosensory awareness, our vestibular awareness. So many times, uh, I think your your experience has been that when people are vestibularly trained properly and somatosensory trained and their sleep is well under control, uh, their energy is well managed, their success rate in vision therapy is much higher and they're, it's, it's more fun for them and it's smoother and they're easy, it's more intuitive for them. So this goes again to that whole multidisciplinary uh, theme that we keep bringing up and, um, and uh, the fact that a practitioner on like we had a, an optometrist reach out that was interested in joining the team because she felt out of the out of her element doing this alone she wanted the support of a team and uh, I have to say I, I, I totally empathize with where she's coming from because um, I couldn't do what the specific things that uh, Mona does or Donna does or Caitlin does but we can support each other and getting the job done 
will say I'm very spoiled being here at York Region Concussion Clinic because by the time they see me, they've already done a lot of somatosensory and vestibular, like Dr. Chug was saying. So their vision therapy program tends to be a lot quicker. Their recovery tends to be a lot quicker. So it's definitely something I, I completely encourage with all the patients, for sure. She's uh, the Cristiano Ronaldo of the program. <laughs> she knocks in all the goals and <laughs> takes all the glory. At the end. <laughs> Okay, I'm now trying to cut this thing upside down now. But, um, yeah, so does Kaylin or Donna want to talk about either vestibular circadian rhythm or bounds or all of them or those are the issues that I was wondering, just wondering in general. So how would, how would say, if someone came and say concussion, their main complaint is double vision, but would you... Where would you, where'd you go and, and sleep, let's say, so sleep and delusion. Where do you, so you think, where should they go first? See about, see Caitlin about sleep? Or see Donna about vestibular issues? Well, Donna doesn't really handle our vestibular therapy. She uh, she works with Dr. Moss or Ricky in okay. uh, coordinating the vestibular therapy. So uh, I would probably be the person that can answer the vestibular uh, stuff the most. I'm kind of the person who... Uh, can do what, what all these ladies do, but maybe not as expert as they do it. But I can, I like a lot of times when they go on vacation, uh, <laughs> like when Caitlin was away, I was doing all uh, the same kind of thing she does. So the biofeedback, the energy management, books, the patients needed the help still, you know, yeah. uh, in the work accommodations, the school accommodations for them, um, helping them with their sleep. Uh, a lot of times when Dr. Ma is backed up with vestibular therapy, I'm seeing patients and doing vestibular therapy with them. Uh, so the vestibular end, uh, I could probably answer more, but the sleep end, Caitlin can answer when it comes to CBT for insomnia. Sure. So, I mean, I always, I always think that sleep is a very good place to start. So sort of in how we, how we see people in the clinic, they always start off with sort of a general assessment. Dr. Chuck does that. And that gives us a good idea of where, where we want to start off with therapy. So I know we, we just covered vision therapy, which is sort of that end point typically. But after that first assessment, a lot of the time, they get started right away with some of the physical rehabilitation for the neck with Donna. And then uh, a lot of the education, energy management, um, definitely targeting sleep with me. So I love love starting off with sleep quite soon because it's something that you know everyone knows really does impact how you function during the day and mood and recovery in general is there something specific you'd like me to talk about in regards to sleep um i don't think so just i mean i just know because it's more than more insomnia but i was feeling like for the first first like say eight years nine years eight ten years since ministry it's been now it's been it's been 15 now so and now my sleep is good, and my balance is good, and not good, but better. And my double uh, vision is still, double vision is still there. Same as always was, well, maybe more or less. And uh, yeah, no, so just kind of getting a taste of what you guys do really isn't really so much as, I'm not looking for a diagnosis or anything, I know. Yeah. Not an idea, if I mean like. I wish you were here. Yeah, that would be great, that would be awesome. But uh. Yeah, no, so, so what, Donna, what do you do towards so, balance so if someone is someone with the balance? And it's not necessarily just strictly vestibular. The more they have weak hips or... 
This mic thing is awkward, but um, is there any, is there anything else you you'd like to, to talk about like about your your podcast, your clinic that you think you would like other people to know? One second. Okay, good, good. Go ahead. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're all very passionate about this work. Uh, we all had other things we could have done before and we were doing before, but uh, we really see this as uh, an area that is underserviced right now and an area that's very fascinating that underlies a lot of health problems that are not quite addressed by uh, mainstream medicine. Um, it, this can support mainstream medicine. So we spend a lot of time supporting family doctors with some of these more neurologically uh, neurological illnesses and how to foster performance in these neurological domains uh, because most of medicine is focused on pharmacology and healthy lifestyle but we're trying to be more specific and demystify the, the injury so we're students also although we're quote-unquote experts we're also students in this field and this year for example uh, we're adding even more to the program in terms of neurofeedback. We're adding uh, more uh, advanced headache management uh, type um, treatments. We're adding uh, more psychological type treatments, uh, things around PTSD, which is very common in this injury. Uh, we're adding uh, more advanced cognitive remediation and rehabilitation type strategies, and we're peppering it throughout the program. Um, and 
it's very satis it, it's very satisfying for us because uh, we have patients who have been sick for over a year sometimes or longer and then we see them get back to work with our our support and um, I feel a lot of that comes just from our energy too just laying, giving them that hope giving them that support knowing that we're there for them um, and so the current medical model right now makes it very hard to offer the time that concussion patients require at least in an outpatient setting uh, because of funding, the way funding works. But we've made that sacrifice because uh, we really do want to help these people. Uh, at the same time, um, to be able to help them properly, the challenge we face is how to do it in a way that's sustainable and uh, in, a, in a public health care model. And so a lot of sometimes uh, patients, uh, they don't see the whole picture, but uh, this whole process for us has been one that has been very rewarding because despite our our challenges and trying to figure it all out for them, they have been very appreciative through it out, uh, throughout it all. And so it's made us, it's given us a, a taste for service and uh, we're encouraged to continue down this road. And so that's why the podcast was started in a spirit of service. And, um, and uh, we plan on continuing it uh, to share everything that we learn, all the new things that we learn from healthcare practitioners that are doing it elsewhere in the United States. We're getting lots of knowledge from our colleagues there. And we just want to share it with Canadians and other countries. And that's why we want to put it on iTunes and these other forums. Okay, great. I really wish you could talk longer but there's uh, we can actually but there's uh this thing is really, really awkward now which this the sound system was working a bit better but um yeah otherwise i mean please check out i'm just quiet down a bit now again please check out concussion 101 podcast from york region concussion and there are three out now is that correct there are three out now yeah three out now and then we'll be releasing more this year. I think 14 was uh, what's in store for our listeners. Great, oh, 14, wow. Okay, so that's, okay, so I wish I did this before. This is a better, way better way to get you guys to talk instead of having to move the, anyway, I'm moving my iPad. Anyway, I'm rambling now. Um, so, yeah, so that was a, it was a great chat, and, uh, Hopefully, you all. Hopefully, the sound is not too messed up for everyone, everyone listening. But um, if hopefully it's not, and if and even if it is, listen to the York the Concussion One Hundred One podcast by York Region Concussion Clinic. It's on YouTube and Stitcher and anything else, and anywhere else. iTunes. And I and I'll point and iTunes. So please check that this podcast out. And uh, I will now just thank Tahir, Dr. Dr. Chug, Kaitlyn Hino, Donna Chan, and Mona Ubi. Ubi? I'm trying to pass that around. How much, which one did I get? Which one was right? I said two. I'm pretty sure Mona Ubi. Ubi. Mona, Mona Ubi. I got it now. Okay. So well, thank you to them. And. Uh, I will hopefully everyone listening in next week when hopefully the sound is working a bit better.
Thank you to York Region Concussion Clinic, and thanks you to everyone for listening. I apologize for the disjointed audio of the podcast and for my disjointed thoughts. I hope you'll listen again next week. Please check out my website at www.concussiontalks.com where you can find my new blogs and more of my podcasts in my book show across Canada, Face Concussion Podcast, and more Concussion Talk Podcasts. As always, music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.